Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I am super thrilled to introduce former Royal Ballet dancers and acclaimed artistic directors of Ballet Boys, Michael Nunn and William Trevitt. Michael and Billy are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the critically acclaimed, multi-award-winning Ballet Boys, a company that is regarded as one of the most innovative forces in modern dance. Having toured 13 countries and performed more than 400 times here in the UK, the all-male Ballet Boys, Michael and Billy, almost need no introduction. The 20th anniversary of Ballet Boys is being celebrated with a program of four works by female choreographers called Deluxe, which is on tour until the 23rd of May. So let's kick off celebrations with Michael and Billy. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. All right, nice to see you. So congratulations on this huge anniversary. How does we it feel? We made it, somehow. <laughs> the world's against us at the moment, but um, there you go. So, well, then let's roll back. As you say, the world is a little bit against us at the moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> strange times. It's two decades ago where it pretty much all began. Well, maybe a little bit, even a bit earlier than that. You were at the Royal Ballet. Tell me about that time and what ultimately led you to starting the Ballet Boys, for those who don't know your story. Uh, where do we start? So, yeah, Billy and I, uh, we were dancers in the Royal Ballet. We met actually at the Royal Ballet School when we were 16 um, and both joined the Royal Ballet in our late teens. And we danced there for 12 years. Um, and at that point, uh, they were closing the Royal Opera House down for some refurbishment. And Billy and I thought, well, maybe it might be better just to leave and uh, try some new things. Maybe this is the perfect moment. The company were about to in the UK with sort of Sleeping Beauty and Swan Lake, and we'd done quite a lot of those by then. So we thought maybe this is our opportunity to go and find something else. And really that was it. And we left and uh, we went to Japan for a short while and we danced there. Um, then we came back to, to the UK and, and formed Ballet Boys. And uh, Ballet Boys was never intentionally, uh, well, we never called ourselves Ballet Boys. We made a documentary um, in the late 90s for Channel 4 about our life and times as dancers. And they called us Ballet Boys and we never really had the opportunity to change that. And so we got sort of stuck with it. So, and uh, yep, started the company and 20 years later, here we are. And do you remember that feeling of you know, leaving you know, what is a, a huge institution with enormous support and going out on your own? What was that feeling like stepping, if you can remember, stepping out into your own, becoming your own company? Um, it, was, it was pretty terrifying really at the time because as a, as a ballet dancer in a big classical company like that, you're, you're very well looked after and um, and and so to have the risks of you know all the financial risks in particular, but the artistic risks, the the responsibility of um, you know other people's employment is a is a an enormous shift from from really focusing every thought of your day on your yourself and your you know physical condition. Um, so it was a, it was a big shift for us, but we really I think we relished the the opportunity to make those decisions for ourselves. It's been you know we've waited a long time to have that much control and freedom. And what do you think 
you took from your careers as ballet dancers into this new role as the artistic director, as you say, sort of leading a company with all those responsibilities? I suppose um, you, it's a bit cliche, but you do have an extraordinary amount of discipline as a dancer. Um, so it's being in work every day. And we were still dancing, you know, for the first 10 years of the company. So getting in, doing your class, going back into the office, booking your tour, um, making those things work. I think, obviously, the name of the Royal Ballet helped us an enormous amount at the beginning to get our bookings and people are interested to see what we're doing next. So um, I don't think we've ever underestimated the importance of that sort of label. Um, so I suppose that gave us the most help. Do you think the badge? Yeah, I think so. I think that and having, being able to see to say, as seen on TV, I think those those two things together um, make they like an endorsement. People people trust that there's something that you do know what you're talking about. You can deliver a you know a decent show of high quality, and that's what we've we've always uh, strived for. And we worked with Sylvia a lot as well when we left, and we toured with her um, nearly until the end of her career. So that was great. And what was your plan when you first set out? Um, did you have, it's been two decades now, yeah. did you look forward thinking, this is the plan and in two decades we'd like to be here? No, never. We're, ne we're not a particularly good forward planners in that way. Um, more so these days because projects take a long time. If you're making a movie or you're designing a new show, that's going to take a year or two years or maybe four years um, to create. Um, but at that point we just wanted to meet new choreographers, make work and, and um, just keep going really. And I think that's still really our sort of ethos and policy that nobody knows when it's going to run out or when the funding is going to stop or when the theatre stop booking you or do you just take it, try and plan a bit in advance but really just work for tomorrow. And the move from classical ballet to modern dance, tell me about that creative shift. Well, I, th I think that, um, you know, 12 years in first and fifth position is probably was enough for us. Um, we just, we just, so our eyes were kind of opened. Once, once we were out of the Royal Ballet, we were looking more broadly to see who was, more, who was going to interest us. And um, we'd worked with people like Billy Forsyth before and, and had seen a kind of glimpse of what, what else was possible. And yeah, in that first program, we had um, Russell Maliphant, Paul Lightfoot, and Sol Leon, and Billy Forsyth. So we were already kind of um, seeing what else was possible. But obviously, as ballet dancers, it, that's the kind of default position for us. But we just started, our, our interest was much wider, and we were more interested in exploring things that we hadn't done before. And um, that interest just keep, that keeps kind of pulling us along. And I think what helped enormously is that we didn't just stop ballet and do contemporary dance class. We maintained our classical technique and then worked with the choreographers on their works. I mean, not a lot of people get that opportunity to work with Forsyth on a Forsyth piece, um, to work with Russell on his work. So we sort of shortcut that a little bit. Yeah. And you mentioned the huge names that you have worked with. Um, and to add to that, of course, you know, we've got Wilder and Akram Khan, etc. Matthew Bourne. These creators that you mentioned have helped define the ballet, ballet boys uh, work. And uh, with over, you know, 38 pieces I was reading that has been created over the last 20 years. 
looking back, do you have a particular piece that's favourite or special to you? Um, and if so, why? I think there's a few of them. I mean, I think that that um, that first program at the Roundhouse was was um, such an enormous achievement. We felt, you know, to just get that off the ground was before the Roundhouse was renovated. So you, you know, there was nothing, not even toilets. Everything had to be had to be brought in for the performances. So doing that was really great with the choreographers I've just mentioned. But I would say things like creating um, Broken Fall with Sylvie Guillem was a was a, a big moment for us. Um, what else have we done that's been interesting for ourselves? It's harder to remember the things for ourselves because we, we were so sort of inside them, but to reinvent the company with a whole group of other dancers oh, yeah. and then to be able to attract top level choreographers to come and work with us has been great. And I would say thing, pieces like Christopher Wielden has made a couple of pieces for the company. Um, Javier de Frutos has been a, a really key collaborator for us. and. Probably the, the the kind of highlight of our creativity might be with Ivan Perez. He made a piece for us um, called Young Men about the First World War. And you know, to see that through various stages as a short film and then a, a full-length theatre piece and then a feature film and then a hybrid back on stage again with the film and the, and the dance together, I think that would, that would definitely be a highlight. Yeah. But... None of them are as good as the show we're doing at the moment. <laughs> well, and we will get to that, don't you worry. But I have to say that um, that piece is actually one of my favourites. I think it's uh, obviously it's an incredible piece. You mentioned the dancers there. Um, tell me about the dancers uh, who you become a sort of who you look to to join your company over the years. What type of characteristics have really sort of drawn you to certain dancers? <clears throat> That's interesting. That's a lot of uh, people ask us the same question. We've always, at the beginning, we were always um, really in favour of open auditions and um, not looking at people's CVs or where they've trained or what they've done before. And um, interesting taking people with uh, slightly less experience um, with the hope of sort of uh, moulding them in a way. Um, but I think it's difficult to define. People say, oh, that, you're definitely a ballet boy, or yeah, oh, that's definitely, a, but we have no idea really. Maybe they are a type, or a, obviously we like them to be able to do lots of different styles. That's really key. And uh, we're quite lucky when people come in to work with the company, they like different boys, so it's not the same person doing the same thing. Um, so I suppose, yeah, the vers versatility. But more than that, if they're nice guys, it does help. You know, you work together for a long time in a close environment. Everyone needs to get on. And um, the job's too difficult if, if, if they're not very nice. Yeah. yeah versatility is the key for us. Yeah. And uh, as you say, be, being nice always, always helps, doesn't yeah. it, as well? Like you said, because you are working in a small company, spending a lot of time together. Um, I, when I've spoken to some of your dancers in the past, they have described it very much as a, as a family feel. Is that yeah. sort of what you have tried to um, sort of engender in your, in your time? Well, yeah, I think it's, it's, um, it's really difficult for companies of our size because typically um, the work is project-based and, and the chances of retaining dancers under those circumstances are very small. So we've worked... Um, extremely hard to find uh, projects and work that keep those contracts joined up so we do keep hold of the same dancers and we, we they are able to build on their 
knowledge and experience with us and we get the benefit of that knowledge and experience and that turns them in we're, one of the things we look for is creativity and that the more we build that in the more experience they have um, with the freedom to be creative the more interesting creators they become and so um, for us that's always been really important to try and maintain that group and tell me about what it's like to be in the studio um, with these with the dancers what does that sort of process look like in the studio I think we, we, with the new choreographers, for example, the, the program that we're working on now, we tend to back off and give them some space for a bit. Um, and it helps for us to, to, come, to the, come to the rehearsals a little bit further down the line um, when you, you haven't got that same kind of personal investment with the step that's not work, quite working, but you really, really wish it would. So we're, we're able to be a little bit more... Um, brutal I suppose and, and we do tend to interfere quite a lot I think we're not we're not artistic directors who just take what you give us we want we usually want more or different or <laughs> something you know we're 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 more like directors in the room of uh, you know a theatre director or something like that where we're we're um, giving our opinions um, honestly and upfront. that's quite unusual in the dance world I think normally directors commission something and they see it on the first night and hope for the best, but um, we can't afford to do that. No, as you say, as artistic directors, you have a, a huge um, sense of responsibility. But what have you learned over the last 20 years as artistic directors about yourselves, both as people and as artists? I mean, you mentioned there that you interfere a little bit um, differently um, or earlier than other artistic directors, but what have you learned about yourself over these last two decades? I think we've noticed that, that we have, um, and perhaps this is the secret of some of our success, that the, the two of us have quite different approaches. And so if there's a problem, be it in the studio or um, you know, in funding or an application or whatever it is, we have quite different approaches to that problem. And we, but the advantage is we usually have an instinct to know which one of the, those approaches is most suitable. So I'm... I'm the person that tends to want to fix things and Michael's the person that tends to want to clear the slate and start it again. And so usually we, we have an instinct about which one of us is right. Well, we're still learning. We, I was saying the other day, it's very difficult when people um, talk to you about mentorships and stuff. I think we're still trying to find out what's going on, especially with, with theatre and dance. It's just changing constantly and tastes are changing and audiences are changing and, definitely not getting any easier but it's moving somewhere yeah the landscape is definitely changing and of course yeah. you know we now live in a world of social media um, and that uh, desire for the very quick uh, view on Instagram as we slide over to the next fabulous post but I think when things are good they're good and they, they can manage to get out there and people see them um, and I think we're going to focus in the next few years a lot more on film, on dance on film, um, as well as the live work. I was going to ask you about film because it's been a thread throughout, well, many projects throughout your entire career. Um, and you've won the Rose Door for uh, one of your feature films. What, what does film mean to you? And why has this always been a bit of a, well, quite a huge interest for you? I mean, we've always, we've always, um been interested in filmmaking and photography. That's where we, well, our friendship began. 
Um, but in terms of dance, I just feel like, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I feel like I see so much of it that just isn't right. It's not how a dancer sees, sees themselves, wants to see themselves on film. It doesn't express the art form very, very well. It tends to be kind of clumsy. Um, and there are these um, repeating tropes that are just so um, tedious now, I think, that um, we're always looking for something that, that, that um, really does justice to the art form. And what does that justice mean for you? How do you think that dance should be? Well, I think, I think quite a good example for us, and it's just our opinion, we, we, we shot Romeo and Juliet um, last year. Last year? Two years ago. Two years ago, ago. gosh. And um, the reason that we shot it the way we did is because we performed in that production a lot. So we know the production backwards. And it feels better on the inside than being on the outside. And that was really our starting point. How do we tell this story? How do we let the audience in? How do we make them feel like they're a member of the cast? Um, and that interested us, really. Um, you can multi-camera any piece of dance from a theatre and they all basically look the same. There's not a lot you can do. And dance is designed to be seen from one angle and it's great, you know, and if you can't get to the theatre, it's the next best thing. Um, but we just thought, rather than just trying to replicate that, let's try and do something differently. Um, and I think we'll just, we'll keep pursuing that. I think it will, it will bring in a, a broader audience. People will stumble over it. Um, and it feels, even though it's a, it's a classic piece and it was made in the 60s, it feels quite contemporary to me. The young people, they're not wearing loads of makeups and, and ridiculous wigs and they're playing it um, in a quite a naturalistic way. And I think for a lot of people, if they watch that and you said that's ballet, they, they would think, well, that's not what I expect from ballet. You know, I expect these huge exaggerated um, creatures in white tights and, and um, yeah, so it's, it's the opposite really. It's an incredible film, which I saw at Sadler's Wells last year. Um, and you did feel as an audience member that you, you were part of the cast, that you were there in the courtyard with the rest of the, the dancers and with Romeo and Juliet. And it did have a different feel to being either in the, in the cinema watching a relay or in the, in the theatre watching a live performance. And I think with Dance Now is so very popular. Thank you very much, social media. People are becoming more interested even. <laughs> Um, perhaps, as you say, not always the best represented, but hopefully that will bring new audiences who will be interested in watching these uh, full-length pieces. So That may be the only place they'll watch them. They won't go to the theatre. They're not going to pay £100 and see it at the Royal Opera House, but they can watch it on iPlayer or they can watch it on TV or on their phones. Um, and may be interested in going to the theatre after that. Yeah. And what's, so what's next in terms of the film strand of the work that you're, you're doing? Do you have a project? Um, well, well, next we, we're going to uh, a new film production for the company, for Ballet Boys, which we're going to start in the autumn. I'm not sure what that is yet. We're just doing a little bit of research. And then we're, we're looking to do Manon as another big classic, um, um, potentially, yeah, in the next couple of years. But it takes a lot of planning. It's a lot to organise to make a film of that scale. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what we're looking at now. And Manon is no small feat to, to tackle. No, it's tricky. It's tricky, but I think it would work very well on film. 
Yeah, mm. that's beautiful. But as you say, not easy. It takes, it takes a long time. Um, a long time, lots of locations, and it's scheduling. If you want the best dancers in the world, then you've got to do it when they're available. Um, you know, building the sets and the costumes, and the, it's an enormous undertaking. But um, hopefully these films will last a while. I mean, hopefully, Roman Jewett, you'll be able to watch in 20 years' time. Um, maybe other people will start doing it. I think it's, uh, it's something that should be done. I think only certain productions will probably suit it. Maybe, maybe what happens next is people design productions for film, for film only. Uh, maybe that's us. Yeah, that could be really interesting. So, well, then let's talk about Deluxe, which is your twentieth anniversary program. Yeah. Four pieces by female choreographers, um, which I love. So, tell us about the program and why you selected these particular choreographers to celebrate this moment. Well, the choreograph choreographer selection, like many things, uh, began in China. <laughs> um, we had a tour to China scheduled. And um, while we were there, we wanted to try and get some time working with Chinese choreographers. We had some time off between dates and we wanted to work with some choreographers. And there was one in particular that we were interested in was Shishin, we'd seen a video and um, really loved the work that she was doing and wanted to try and make it happen. And, and actually we were able to, we were able to get our dancers um, into her studio. They spent the day together and um, it was everything kind of chimed. It, they worked really well together, had a great time. And so we, we um, definitely wanted to commission her. And then while we were in Shanghai, one of our former dancers, um, was in uh, Sleep No More, the punch drunk um, work that was uh, that's on in New York and Shanghai, and that was choreographed by Maxine. So we, um, some of the dancers went to see his performance, and we got in touch with Maxine and said, would she be interested in making a piece for us? And that's the idea started off much smaller, but very quickly we we kind of grew in confidence and, and asked her to make a, a bigger piece. So. That's where we end up with uh, the two halves of, of Deluxe. Not, not for any other reason than that these great choreographers um, were on our radar and um, were available to work with us. And how do you um, feel that Deluxe represents or marks this moment for you? It, what is about this particular program, what does it what does it say for the audiences for you? Well, I think I think it's the the epitome of our approach in terms of being um, two completely new works with completely new scores, with collaborators that don't know each other working together for the first time. So that's what we've you know we've always loved that kind of spark of creativity that you get in these um, slightly precarious moments. And so in that in that sense, it represents everything that we've always we've always been interested in. In terms of a birthday celebration, I don't know that it's any more. Well, I think it was right to do that. I think it was right to commission bearing new works because that's what we do. Um, it would have been easy to do a little bit of a retrospective and pull out a couple of works we've done before, but um, I think we need to keep our interest and the dancers' interest going by just keep, keep just moving forward, really. And at the 20th anniversary, you're on tour. Um, What's it like on, on tour at the moment? Tell us what's going on. <laughs> Interesting. Well, because of, you know, the current situation is tricky. Um, the venues we're going to are still open as of today. Whether they'll be open this afternoon, we don't know. 
Um, dancers having a day off today. They'll be back in the studio tomorrow. And then we're in Poole, and then we're in Worthing, and then we've got our season at Sadler's Wells, which we hope to do, which I think a lot of people are coming to. Um, I've seen the ticket sales, and we've sold an enormous amount of tickets. So it would be a real shame for our audiences not to see it. Um, but nobody, I mean, we're in the perfect economy that just disappears in those situations. No one's going to pay us. No one's going to pay the dancers. No one's going. It's very, it's very, very tricky. And I imagine once the West End closes down, there will just be hundreds, if not thousands, of artists looking for work out there, and they can't teach and they can't perform. It's. Uh, I think it's going to leave a big hole for a while. I mean, we're trying to plan moving forward, but um, it's tricky. I mean, we're actually very glad that we've managed to get some shows done so yeah. far. You know, we at least we know that this. Bill has premiered, people have seen it, it does exist. Um, I mean, we're going to try and film it, if we can film it over the next two shows and then we'll stream it out to everybody that can come to the show. There's not a lot more we can do about that. Um, and then maybe, you know, try and keep the dancers on for as long as possible. Yeah, I've seen that um, some of the, the dancers on Instagram have um, suggested to their audiences that rather than cancel, you know, rather than asking for refunds, that uh, audiences donate if they can afford to, um, yeah. to donate the money back, so that at least you know there's some sort of contribution to trying to keep the arts going through this crazy time that we're in. So um, I'm sure many many of the London audiences will do the same if they happen to cancel. But we're of course looking for forward to Sadler's Wells um, program, and fingers crossed yeah. um, we get back to normality by then. Who knows? Um, but let's just think about what's next after the 20th year. What happens next for the Ballet Boys and for yourselves? Ballet Boys next, we're going to make a movie, um, uh, a movie or TV production, and then we're going to transfer that to the stage. I think we've done it the other way around previously, um, but we're interested in developing a new work for film that then we transfer to the stage. So it's a, that's a two-year project, and that, I think that takes us up to the middle of 2022, something like that. So um, we'll start work on that fairly soon. So no, no plans to wrap up? You're going to continue with the ballet board? No, no, no plans. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't done half what we set out to do yet. Uh, it feels like we only started yesterday. And, Does it? Uh, really? Just, just started, yeah. I mean, for as long as people want to come and see it, I think we'll keep doing it because we enjoy it. And um, Well, yeah. it keeps the audiences happy. Um, every time I see the ballet boys, I'm always bowled over by how amazing the shows are. Thank um, you. But, so then my final question. Um, You've achieved so much in your career. Um, you know, the list of accolades just, you know, they, it's almost too long to reel off, which is, you know, super incredible. But there are many a dancer who will be looking to you thinking, I'd love to be able to follow in Michael and Billy's footsteps. What advice would you give to others who are thinking about, in this crazy times, perhaps stepping out and creating their own company or forging a role as artistic directors? You must be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Go and become an accountant or, or something in the law. I don't know. Um, what advice would you give? To hold your nerve, I think. Um, you know, there are, so many, there are so many ways that you can be knocked back in, in the arts, in, uh, in dance in particular. You know, the arts is tiny and dance is, 
it's tinier still. So you have to hold, really hold your nerve and um, have the courage of your convictions. Follow the thing that you're interested in. And, um, you know, that, that's what we've done. We've made work that we'd be interested to, to watch and have always just hoped that that appeals to an audience rather than trying to second guess what the audience mm. might be interested in. That's very good advice, particularly in these precarious times. Um, I think I might sign off now and get a law degree. <laughs> <laughs> might be better for me. Um, okay, so well, thank you so much for your time. Um, Pleasure. The Deluxe Tour is, on, is, as I say, what we Yes, everyone has got to go out. If you haven't already got your tickets, um, the show still goes on, as it always does, as yeah, much as possibly going. can. Running until the 23rd of May. Yeah. Keep up to date with Ballet Boys on balletboys.com. That's Ballet Boys with a Z for those who don't know, but I know everyone knows. Um, check out the, the long UK um, dates and locations and just keep up to date with sort of what's going on um, in terms of any changes to their schedule. And keep following them on Instagram as well, as much as we love to see the company. Thank you. Dreaming. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. This interview was recorded before coronavirus shut down the dance industry and postponed all live shows. But the good news is that Deluxe is coming to Settlers Wells on the 27th of March as planned and will be, instead of performed live, it will be online. So check out settlerswells.com to find out all the details of how you can catch Deluxe this Friday. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.